Support for today's episode comes from Hexclad. I hosted the Jane's Beard Awards um, twice, actually. I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling the truth. And Hexclad is the official cookware of the James Beard Foundation. So I was so happy to hear there are Dinners on Me sponsors. Hexclad has revolutionized the cookware industry with an all-in-one hybrid pan that gives you the convenience and cleanup of nonstick, the versatility of your grandma's cast iron, and the durability to last a lifetime. Whether you want to make that perfect steak dinner on date night or ditch that greasy pan from your college apartment, Hexclad has you covered. James Beard celebrates incredible chefs annually with their prestigious awards that I have had the privilege of handing out. Again, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. And it's no surprise that Hexclad is their official cookware. They are a chef's dream and I, I just, I love cooking with them. I feel so professional when I do. Hexclad also has a lifetime warranty. These are literally the last set of pots and pans you will ever have to buy. Trust me when I say your partner, your family, and all your dinner guests will thank you. So, Chef, now is the time to upgrade that kitchen. For a limited time only, our listeners get 10% off their order with an exclusive link. Just head to hexclad.com slash JTF. Support our show and check them out at hexclad.com forward slash JTF. Bon appetit. Let's eat with Hexclad's revolutionary cookware. Hi, it's Jesse. Today on the show, you know her from Rent and Wicked and the blockbuster animated film that rhymes with Chosen. It's the queen of Broadway, Adina Menzel. Sometimes it's really hard for me to watch when young 20-something kids Mm -hmm. get success and they don't have a perspective, you know? And I see that they're just so angry or complaining and it's like, you're doing it. This is Dinners on Me, and I'm your host, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. To say I was a fanboy of Adina Menzel when I met her over 20 years ago would be an understatement, for sure. Much like any young actor living in New York City in the mid-90s, I was obsessed with the musical Rent, and specifically Adina. She was unlike anyone I had ever seen on stage before. I mean, yes, she had one of the best voices I had ever heard, but she also possessed this intoxicating presence, and every moment she had on stage captured my attention. You can only imagine what a thrill it was when we were both cast in a production of Hair together a few years later. I really remember playing it cool around her, but honestly, I know I was losing my mind with excitement. As we both continue to move through the industry, we remain friends. We, we even share an agent now. Shout out to Bonnie Bernstein. The trajectory of Adina's career has always fascinated me. Each role she plays seems to be even more iconic than the previous one. I mean, her body of work is just tremendous. Hi. Hi. Is this my seat? Yeah, that's you. I asked Adina to join me in the Valley for a meal at Bakery. They have a few locations in LA and are known for their Mediterranean and Italian-inspired small plates. I have to say the Sherman Oaks location is absolutely stunning. It's this 1920s one-story Spanish colonial revival-style building, and our table is in this dining room which is encased by windows. Plants are hanging from the ceiling, and there's this cozy little bar in the back. I thought it would be the perfect place to catch up with my friend, Adina. Okay, let's get to the conversation. 
Um, but I was thinking the last time I saw you was at the music. Will yeah, you were so nice to do that. It's in the I thought it was going to be bigger than it was, <laughs> and I have you there doing the most heartfelt, amazing speech. I'm like, I was very, 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 I very kept Jesse for like no. And you know what? If you want me to like do a huge big thing, yeah. then I'll do that too. Well, you could repeat but the speech. Was. Do you have it in the I do. laptop? I have it in, it's, it's saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can repeat the speech. What I loved about that night is oh, yeah. you you sang after accepting this award a few songs afterwards. And I was standing stage right with your team of people uh-huh. and watching you sing from stage right. And I had this really kind of meta moment because we met... Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start turning up again because I'm so proud of you. Like I really am. I'm so proud of you, and I love our friendship so much. But we met doing a production of Hair Mm -hmm. at City Center Encores. um, I think it was May of 2001, Mm -hmm. and I was a fan of yours already because I had seen Rents like three or four times. Um, But we were in this production of Hair together, Mm -hmm. and every night I would stand backstage on stage right and watch you sing "Easy to Be Hard" because it was. First of all, it was an incredible interpretation of that song. But I was just so enamored, the fact that I got to be in a show with you. Really? Back yes. then? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, thank I you. I mean, you were, an, you were iconic to me already. And you're only oh my God. like five years older than me. But like, I really looked up to you, and I still do. Thank you. And I, so I just had this moment of watching you backstage after getting to introduce you. And sort of like hand this award off to you and watching you sing. Like I think you sang circle. I think you sang Defying Gravity. Yes. First yours. of all, thank you for saying that. And I love you. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Makes me feel good. And when you have friends that you've come through it with and we've yeah. all had these like ups and downs and we worked really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Hi. Have you guys been here before? I have not. No, I'm embarrassed both, to say we we're both valley live in the people. Uh, I'll grab a menu for you. Thank you. I just like lemonade. Do you have that? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, yeah, thank you. I want to back up a little bit because I actually don't even fully know the story about like your early days before, like right before. I know that you were a bar mitzvah singer, bad mitzvah, <laughs> you did wedding singing. Yes. But then um like right before rent sort of hit, like what were you what was your life like? I still had some weddings in bar mitzvahs. I had a New Year's wedding in, I think it was Boston at the Four Seasons. <laughs> and I remember because I drove it, like in a, on a snowy day with my girlfriend, Marianne, who was the other singer in yeah. the band with me. And I remember going there and that was the last job I did. But I had also worked, what do they call them? Shoot, at Bergdorf Goodman's when it's Christmas time and they just need extra people. Like they a, have a name a holiday for elf? It. <laughs> yes, no. They call it a, not a circulator. Damn it, I can't think of the- It's just like extra help over the holidays? Yeah, and you, okay. but you move through. Oh, okay, like, like I was on the cosmetics need. floor. Yeah, there's a word for it. It'll come to me. A floater. A floater, floater. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I had to train. It was just going to be two weeks worth of, but you make- Commission at Bergdorf Goodman. Oh, I didn't know. And they put you on the floor with like Keels and La Prairie and, you know, Bobby Brown back Mm -hmm. then and all this stuff. And some things that I'd never heard of, really expensive stuff. And they don't train you in it at all. All they do is train you on the register. Right. You know? And I was just selling hair products to old ladies (laughs) that just wanted to. You know, get like supplements in their scalp, and I didn't know what I was selling. You're just but faking it. I made so much money those two weeks. <laughs> I literally made my rent. That was fun. Thank, thank you. you. Of course. If you're like, there, you oh, perfect. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Wait, that's the that's the mocktails. I'm gonna get the sea bass and the little gym salad. Perfect. Ooh, that sounds good. 
Uh, can I just have the caprese? Do you say caprese or caprese? Caprese. Caprese. It has the E. I took Italian in high school. Did you? Yes, because I was training classically and I thought, of all languages, I'll think, yes, doesn't really serve me at all. And then, can I have the fries with the polenta fries or whatever? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So this is what, what your life was when you were, when you auditioned for, did you audition for Rent or was it something that you No, were, of course I did. I had um, my high school boyfriend at the time. He was a year older. He was working at an agency, um, Abrams, remember oh, that yeah, agency? Yeah, 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 sure. He was like a junior agent and I, I didn't even have an agent. So he said, they have this new off-Broadway show and they're looking for raw talent. Like, uh, you know, they want to discover people, rock show. And I was like, that's me. Yeah. And so I sent him my horrible resume and he faxed it to uh, Bernie Telsey. And, um, and I got a call for that to go in. Patchwork skirt, which ended up, they copped that. They yeah. use that. Well, yeah. I would wear my actual skirt. They used a lot of our own clothes That's in the I beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they like redid them, um, which is cool to see your your stuff for, for years sure. and years worn by the character. Yeah. But um, as Daphne Rimbago says, but we didn't see anybody. <laughs> 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 That's like, like her blue pants. Those right, were her blue pants and her cheetah boots. I know those were from her actual closet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Let's give him something to talk about. I don't know why I picked that. It's kind of country, not rock, if you think about it. And <laughs> When a Man Loves a Woman, I did that. And I didn't have, um, you know how you're supposed to come in very prepared, professional, with like like a book with like your songs in yeah. a nice sleeve of, what is like, that like called? Like cellophane or something. Yeah, the yeah, plasticky yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. And you're supposed to have a, you know, your comic piece. You probably had a very nice selection I of had a nice comic comedy number. pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would normally have one of those, which I don't even remember what that would have been. Maybe like uh, Adelaide or something uh -huh. like that. Yeah, and yeah. then I had my pop, contemporary, and then I had my more legit. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but you know how you're supposed to like mark it up nicely so that the accompanist right, you're just getting understands random where piano you player go that you've never met before, or yeah. like give them a little talk before. Sure. Yeah. It's, that's professional of you. Yes. They teach you at school, right? Mine was not that. It was, I went in, it was When a Man Loves a Woman, and it had the coda at the end. And for anybody listening, a coda is like these two lines with the yeah, two dots. Yeah, I think so. And it means repeat. Repeat the whole thing. Yeah, it means yeah. repeat it. So it's like, if you put it at the end of the course, you just keep repeating the yeah, chorus yeah, 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 yeah. until someone does your stuff. <laughs> yeah. In, in old sheet music, it was because on the radio, it would just repeat right, and until fade. Fades, oh, yeah, 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 they don't do fades anymore no, for whatever really. reason. No, so I forgot to tell him, look, I'm going to sing it twice and be done. So he just kept going and going and repeating it until I was like, I'm good enough. And I kept singing and ad-libbing, and I just keep remembering that. I don't know if I ever told you about when they had one of the first like open calls for rent, I went. And I remember it was downtown. You would have been great for um for, for Roger. Part. For no, Roger? No, 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 Mark, I'm Sorry, Mark, did I balk no. on that? Do you play acoustic guitar? No, no, and like, no. <laughs> And I didn't get it because I was not right for it. I can't sing rock at all. And I think I sang, and I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany? She said, which was, has like, That's it's literally a song with a four note range. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep snoring. Yeah. But. but I didn't get it. I was, I mean, I was so like musical theater green. Um, I just would love, I bet you Michael remembers. He took notes edge. on everybody back then. Did he? Yeah, we still have some. I, mean, I love that I got to work with him years later, you know, mm -hmm. doing Shakespeare, which is which Couldn't be farther away from rent if you tried. Yeah, but better. 
more impressive. Hardly. <laughs> you know? Uh, but it's good. That, I mean, I've worked on lots of shows that were being created, Spelling Bee being one of them. You know, we mm-hmm. created that show from nothing. Isn't it the best? It's great, but also, and I know because I experienced this during Spelling Bee, there, there, there are times when you're like, this does not, like, is anyone going to like this? Are people going to get what we're trying to do? I mean, I can only imagine when you were putting Rent together that there were, you know, things that you tried and took out and, and, yeah, and replaced with other things. Of course, Wicked yeah, as well. Yeah, all those, those new I mean, do you, did you have a feeling of confidence in what you were doing, specifically with Rent? Or because he was also, Jonathan uh, was a new composer. No one had ever heard of him before. Yeah, and when I got, when, for the callback, they sent me Take Me or Leave Me, but it was not, it wasn't even called Take Me or Leave Me. It was a duet between two lesbians. It was really weird, not using my voice at all. And I was like, what is this show yeah. that I'm going in for? Mm-hmm. Hi. Uh, and this is our little jam salad. Thank you. This isn't very commercial. Right, 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 right. show where these couples are It wasn't started, commercial. Right? And so, no, no one had ever done anything like it. Right. And then the first day, Anthony actually got on the middle. He was kind of like our ringleader, and we started learning Seasons of Love. That's the first thing we did on the very first day, learning our parts. That was really special. Like, when we start to put all our parts together and it's starting to come together. Like, that was a chills moment, but not not that I thought it was going to be anything huge. I just right. thought it was really beautiful, and, you know, maybe this would be something. But Can you zoom out for a moment and, like, look at how meaningful and impactful that that song is today and like it's like yeah. it's, it's, first of all it's the most I think known song for the show but also um, I think you know it has become an anthem for so many other things as well I know um, do people actually eat when they talk yeah and do it or they fake the eating because I'd like to eat <laughs> you just pretend that there's I'm no hungry. microphone in front of you <laughs> I mean, if people have a problem with these mouth sounds I'm sure they'll comment on well, my Instagram my, my son always says that I selling <laughs> He hates that. Did you know it was going to be a hit? There is something about like those those early moments when you don't know. You have this thing that you're creating in a safe space. Well, oh, was... we, we had each other for five weeks of rehearsal. Mm-hmm. I remember going with Anthony Rapp, and I said, what do you think this is we're doing? He's like, I think it's going to be an event. Mm. Whatever it is, be an event. I always remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all. We just thought it'd be like a cool off-Broadway thing, you know. Right. Our lives changed Immediately when we always argue if it was first preview, dress rehearsal, that's when he passed away. Right. So Jonathan Larson. Yes, Jonathan yeah. Larson, sorry. The pain of it and everything and just I always hope that that wouldn't sort of overshadow right. the actual work, the piece. Right. But it, it didn't. It was just, I don't know, it was just so... So was there ever a moment? Sad, to was, be yeah, of course, incredibly sad. I mean, I, I was living in New York when all that happened, and it was uh, all anyone was talking about. Right, if you so were then they were all the talking about industry. it. We didn't know it was going to go to Broadway, you know. Right? Just, Did it ever feel like his passing elevated it and be made it more important than it was? Because it was already such a great piece of art. You know, maybe if he had lived longer, he would have still, like, messed with it. But it was kind of this fully formed, realized thing. Mm, I mean, you know, there's always still stuff you you work on mm-hmm. yeah. in previews. And, and it was it's usually the director's job to sort of nudge or coax the writers and composers to make some changes. Right. That once they're in front of an audience, you mm-hmm. know, that just better cuts. 
Yeah. How, how do you make cuts to someone that's not that's there not there and yeah. that would have maybe cut or moved? <clears throat> just so many decisions Were there like nights that. When you tr- would try certain things and then just like move it back the way it was. I think probably. But yeah, we'll never really know if it got more of a spotlight on it because of this horrible thing that happened to a 35-year-old man getting his very first grant from mm-hmm. a theater, quitting his diner job, getting it going. and I don't think there's anyone who's a fan of Rent specifically who doesn't mourn the loss of what more could have been created. I mourn the, the art that, yeah, that we too. don't have because he, he left us too soon. Now for a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, Adina tells me about her showmance with Tay Diggs and being a couple in the public eye. And we hear more about that final performance of Wicked and what happened to her iconic dress in the ER. Was she cut out of it? You'll have to stay to find out. Okay, be right back. Don't you just love it when someone looks at you and says, hmm, something's different about you. What were you up to last night? Well, no matter how late you were up the night before, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops can help your eyes look more refreshed and awake than ever. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute to help your eyes look brighter and wider for up to eight hours. No wonder it has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. You won't believe your eyes, and you know you can trust them because they're made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lohm, and they're backed by six clinical studies. Eye doctors trust them too. They're the number one recommended redness reliever eye drop. The one and only Lumify is an amazing drop that will have people saying, something's different about you, but in the best possible way. So check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. This episode of Dinners on Me is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, so listen, I was in my kitchen the other day and I'm, I'm very particular about how I like things in the kitchen. I need things to be in a specific place. I like things to stay clean. So imagine my frustration when I saw that my husband, Justin, had left an empty can of cold brew and a wrapper from Protein Bar on the counter right next to the recycling bin. Why couldn't he just open the drawer with the with the recycling bin in it and put it in there? This is something I need to get off my chest. Therapy is a very safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I mean, I've learned a lot from therapy and I have learned that, you know, I need to pick my battles. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can even switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com dinners today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot dinners. And we're back with more Dinners on Me. You have this big opportunity, this huge break in your career. 
you didn't know it was going to be a huge thing. All of a sudden, you know, your cast is being profiled in magazines and newspapers and on, you know, evening talk shows and the show's moved to Broadway. It wins a Pulitzer Prize, mm -hmm. you know, which is just something that musical theater does not... Not often, uh, It no. doesn't happen a lot. Mm -hmm. This was your first show, too. So it's yes. like, you know, that's a lot of things to happen to mm -hmm. someone on a, on a big break. What was that whirlwind like? And was there... How did you keep yourself grounded? One of my most favorite songs in the show is called No Day But Today. And um, when you lose the captain of your ship and you just want to do right by him the whole time. So, for instance... We felt so committed, passionate, obsessed with doing right by Jonathan and like being there every day and never phoning in a show and that we, not one of us missed a show for six months. Mm. That's rare, right, yeah. Jesse? I yeah. mean, for six months, like we were losing our voices because a lot of us, including myself, didn't know how to pace myself back then right. for eight shows a week. and. You know, if you hear me on the recording, I sound like Janis Joplin. That's, a, that's not really me. I think that that's grounded us, that that gave us a purpose beyond, oh, the magazines and the Tonys and the, you know, the dressing room sizes. And it was like, no, you got to get up there and every new person that's coming in the audience hasn't seen this right. and you got to do this for him and for his family who is always there trying to heal through the music and through the show and through the and success of the show. And you're walking to the theater with people literally lined up who have slept there all night to get totally. tickets to the first few rows of the show, which is something the lottery system did not really exist on Broadway right. before that. Now it's this thing that if you wanted to see Hamilton in the peak days, like there's mm -hmm. a lottery system and, you know, with social media and the internet, there's ways to sign up for the lottery, which is like, there. you know, you could like literally just be at home and then hopefully you get a ticket. Back in 1996, it was street. sleeping bags on the street of 43rd mm -hmm. Street, which mm -hmm. was a very Which also was art imitating life because there was True. about homeless and yeah. it was about, obviously about the AIDS crisis and about struggling artists and about community, you know, and, and people being there for one yeah. another. So um, I really feel like we, there were no egos mm -hmm. back then, you know, and um, that's why I'll be honest, sometimes I won't drop names or anything, but sometimes it's really hard for me to watch when young 20-something kids mm -hmm. get success and they don't have a perspective, you know? Because also, for me and for most of us, except maybe my ex, <laughs> <laughs> um, it goes away. Right. Like, he kind of had his rise. He got a movie, he went on. I made stupid mistakes. I, I got a record deal because that was my dream at the time, more right. than any TV or film, was to be a rock star. And sort of like cut off, I, I like compromised my momentum with, you know how everybody goes in for all these film and TV shows when they're yeah. up for the Tonys and everybody's watching them? No, not me. I got a record deal and I went into a studio and wanted to make an album that I thought was going to be the biggest thing ever. It didn't sell anything. And, I, and then I got dropped. And then by that time, my momentum is gone for right. me. And I had to just start re-auditioning again and do my right. whole thing. So point being is that, that kind of success is fleeting. It's fleeting and, yeah. you know, whenever I hear about these sort of like arguments on set or people, or I've been on set with certain people and I see that they're just so angry or 
complaining and it's like you're yeah. doing it you're yeah. doing it when you were a little kid and you said you want to do it yeah. you're doing yeah. it this is it get over it yeah. like you know so you're waiting around an extra hour i mean right right you know right um you mentioned your ex who's you're asking me all these serious things and then i can't eat because i feel like it sounds disrespectful ask me about the ex and i could be like chomping on my (laughs) my breath (laughs) well no but you it's tay diggs is who you're talking about when Uh you speak of your ex and you met doing rent together Mm -hmm. i remember in like High school, there'd be you know, th- th- there's a thing called a showmance, and that's like you know when you mm-hmm. get a crush on your like your leading man, yeah, and or your leading lady, and you know it's not you supposed have this, to last. It's not supposed to last, and yet you had a, a showmance that turned into a marriage, yes, in and which a you child, had, and a child, a beautiful mm-hmm. boy, Walker, and then a divorce, and a divorce, <laughs> but sixteen years later, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, obviously relationships are hard. Relationships in your twenties are even harder, and then you put in the, the fact that both you are actors and one is having first of all you both were incredibly successful but one is having a a surge of success how did that affect Uh, there's lots it's very complicated I mean very supportive of each other always of course so excited for him the thing that came into play more I would say and he's talked about it too is the racial interracial Mm -hmm. aspect of it because we were never when you're in the theater like it's just not a thing like we all love each other and sleep with each other yeah. and best friends with whoever wants to be whatever sexual orientation. Well, I, I mean, love it's the a, community. Yeah. But when you leave that cocoon, that bubble, and now in his case, he's people's, fit, you know, what is it? 50 most beautiful 50 most people. Beautiful. Or he's on the Which cover. Which I was on one year. I was on the you list. Were? But it was like, were. But there, no, there was a sidebar to it. It was like, uh, like, I was like, it was a sidebar of like 10 beautiful people and their pets. So I had... What? <laughs> It's like the, the offer came with like, we, we would, we'll take a photo of Jesse and include him in our 50 most beautiful people, but we need his dog Leaf too. That's so funny. Isn't that up. hilarious? Are we like to curse on <laughs> yeah. this podcast? I'll, I'll have to text it to you. I'm sure a lot of people were like just jerking off to it. <laughs> I hope so. Um, okay, where was I? Um, take. And oh, I was take, saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, 50 most beautiful people. He was on the cover people, of yeah. Essence uh-huh. and um, Ebony and being interviewed by all of these um, black journalists. And I think I think he had his own stuff to deal with with that. And it seemed like there was disappointment in the community mm. with him because he was married to some little A white, white Jewish, Jewish girl, girl yeah. from, from some show that we don't even remember anymore. And so I took that on too, you know? Anyway, that's stuff that we had to, we had to deal with. So it was less about being successful and more about just... Right. That kind of stuff, you know? And it's hard because, I mean, here you have two theater kids, and then all of a sudden you're, like, going to red carpets and Hollywood events. And, yeah, you know, and you know it's the, it's can a, we get a picture of him by himself? Right, you know. 100%. When Wicked happened, that was a huge moment for you. And then, you know, I think you, you were on the rise in a way that you hadn't been before in your career. But also, I wonder what was that like for Tay and you and your relationship? I think he was and, relieved, probably, and happy and mm-hmm. proud of me and... Yeah, no, he was always so supportive and probably relieved so he didn't have to feel like right. he was overshadowing in some way or yeah. taking up too much space, you know? It's a hard thing. I've, I've dated actors before. Justin, my husband, is a lawyer. So, 
he is not in the business, but he appreciates it immensely. Mm-hmm. And it's it's great that he's not because I I have been in those relationships where, you know, I would sometimes dim my light because I didn't want to make my partner yeah. feel, you know, undervalued mm-hmm. or unseen. No, my husband Aaron, now who's like love of my life, he was an actor actually. He was a ch- very actually successful child teenage actor. Yes, I do this, yeah. And now found his gift and he's this therapist and he runs this uh, inpatient facility out in Malibu and he, he does the real yeah. important work. Yeah. I love it because he works with addicts and people with mental illness all day. So when I come home and say, getting my period and I'm in a bad mood, he doesn't really think twice about right. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But um, why was I telling you this? Oh, because when we go on the red carpet together, sometimes I take him with me just because it's nice to have someone sure. with you. Like yeah. to bounce off him and he looks great in a suit and whatever. Very handsome. But sometimes, thanks, sometimes he talks too much. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about me though. So it'll be like this. He like brags about me to the point that it kind of feels like a parent when you say, mom, yeah, 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 enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be related to the, the film that I'm there promoting. But then he'll say, did you know that she had a single was 15th on the singles list back in 19? <laughs> you know, so he's sweet, so proud. And it's so embarrassing. So I actually told him the other day, like, you can't you just can't brag. And it's very embarrassing to me. It's very sweet. Or at a party. Oh, it was with you. Oh, my God. This is so <laughs> funny. It was with you. We were at the, that Oscar party. Yeah, yeah I remember. And, and Elizabeth Banks were totally name dropping. Elizabeth yeah. Banks and Adam Shangwin was there. Uh-huh. Okay. People that are much wealthier and more successful than me. And um, he was excited because my disco album was coming out. We're all talking, you know. And he's like, has she told you about her new dance album? I'm like, oh, my God. We got in the car. I said, they're all doing amazing things in their life and their career. You acted like I'm the only one doing something. It's so embarrassing. It's so Just keep your cute. mouth shut, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I imagined him like driving and you sitting in the back seat like a little kid. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> there was a driver. <laughs> uh, and we had like an argument. He's like, well, I'm proud of you. And now I embarrass you at these things. Well, you should just go, just go to these things on your own then. I'm like, no, I love it. But just don't say that. Elizabeth Banks just had a huge movie out and you're acting like I'm the only one. Having but you know what? Things. Justin does the same thing. He does the same thing. He's proud of me and it's it's sweet. Listen, it, it could be the other way where you don't have your spouse supporting you. But yes. I totally understand how it could be embarrassing. Yes. Oh, I'm going to eat on that note. On, on that note, take a bite yeah. of that pesto. Yeah. If they're all in my teeth, like Wait, green. no, I was just going to ask you if it's in mine. Do you I don't have, have pesto in No, but I have parsley. No. No? I'm not I have, a, I have one I know pocket. I There's a pocket that I always get something out of. You need the toothpick for? Mm-hmm. Every time. Um, you talked about after rent having this period where, you know, you were, you were you got an, a record deal, and then that you were dropped. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so rare that you have such massive success as your first job. But the next big thing was a massive thing, being wicked. Talk to me a little bit about like your time between leaving Rent and starting Wicked and also the process of you like putting that show together. I heard that you had to really fight for the role. There is, oh, That's okay. more food. Another course here. That's for Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah. Beautiful. Ooh. Thank you. I wanted to bring you guys one extra. This is um, a specialty at Sherman Oaks. This location. This is our grilled pita. It's with um, beef and pistachio. Oh, that looks delicious. Wow. Yeah. All right. Enjoy, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Why was I telling you? I mean, I was asking about how you started with Wicked. I got asked a screen test for some for some TV show that was going to be Tim Robbins and produced by Julia Roberts, and I thought, oh my god. You know, and it was like a supporting role. And I remember that the wicked people wanted to do another reading and it was going to conflict. And they weren't going to work. They were going to say they'll recast for the workshop and try somebody new. They played hardball. And Bonnie and Heather said, let the pilot go. This is something special really? for you. Wow. Yeah. So that really always meant so much to me. Yeah. You know? And um, it wasn't until three years later that we even knew it was you know, here we were on yeah, Broadway, but all yeah. that time, instead of trying to get the paycheck mm -hmm. for something, you know what I mean? They knew that the artistic process yeah. was important. And yeah, like, and that this would be much mm -hmm. bigger in my career for me. Why wow, were they right? Some, yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the part about being an actor that I find the hardest is is maintaining that sense of, first of all, trusting your gut and, and, and not being, you know, wooed by things that are maybe more lucrative, that might not be as artistically satisfying. And, you know, certainly there's obviously different points in our career and we're lucky enough now in both of our places, but mm -hmm. we're at now that we can, you know, step back away and like look at if something is artistically meaningful to us. And like we don't necessarily, you know, need to see the, the paid the paycheck right mm -hmm. away. But like when you're starting off and to have those people who are really like looking out for you, I think is incredibly important. And it's everything. Um, it's everything. So I'm glad you had that. And uh when so I know that the show went to San Francisco, um, and you. Oh yeah, you, then we didn't get good reviews. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you because even when we moved to Broadway, the New York Times didn't love it. No, they said one line about me. I remember they. He said he Ben Brantley. Ben Brantley, yeah. And a vulpine voice, and I had to look that up. <laughs> it means wolf-like, I believe. Wolf-like is what wolf-like yeah. means. I decided to take you that know, as, a, as a compliment. You really should like use that as, you know, when you have like all the, the big quotes, like when you're doing a yeah. concert or something, like, like Broadway megastar. Ben Brantley. Ben Brantley. Well, and it's my only voice. mention in that. In that uh, yeah. But did that, do you remember being shaken by that? Or doing the so thing? It's the worst on? thing to get on stage after bad Absolutely. reviews the next day. And yeah. also the audience is loving you. Yeah. In previews. Right. Right. This time in Wild Party, I remember. Loving us, standing ovations. Then they see one review yeah. after you open. Mm -hmm. They come in the next day. Nobody their stands up. Crossed, their arms yeah. are crossed. Like all of a sudden, they have no right. no mind of their own. Right. Wicked happened in an era where, like, if the New York Times didn't love you're it, it, you're kind of screwed. Uh huh. And it is also one of those rare shows that obviously anyone listening knows that the show is still running on Broadway and is doing incredibly good business and right. making billions and billions of dollars. So it didn't mean anything. Right. But it was one of the first shows, I think, that sort of overcame that. Um, I don't know, maybe like Phantom of the Opera didn't have the greatest reviews either at the beginning. Which then we didn't win a Tony either. Right. And I think a lot of it was because the big, big budget show defied, no pun intended, the... Um, yeah, the, the critics, the, the, mm -hmm. it just the word of mouth, mm -hmm. the whole thing. Right. Built, snowballed, and it built throughout the year. And, right. But um, then it ended up with you taking home a Tony for Best Actress. You know, we're about to do 20, 
It's our 20-year anniversary. God. And Chris and I have done a bunch of things along through the years where we've really gotten this look and see. I don't know if legacy is too big of a word, but just to see what we were created and what we've been a part of and how many people we've connected to because of this thing we were mm-hmm. We've done together, so it's been really beautiful in that way to yeah. have a couple of these milestones along the way, and yeah. we've been just really kind of emotional about it recently. I'm sure. Yeah. It's a really mind-blowingly huge thing that you were part of this this moment in history that, I mean, if you look at like the hits of our generation, Rent and Wicked are two of, are two of the biggest ones, and you were a part of both of those yeah, animated. None of these did I choose. Did the, am I putting out some kind of, you know, energy out in the world that's attracting them to me? Do you believe in any of that? I don't know. I think it's a little it's chicken or the egg. I don't yeah. know. Well, you are also wildly talented, having an insanely remarkable voice. So that does have something to do with that too. I didn't even think about this, but your two experiences, your two huge experiences on Broadway, opened and ended with trauma. I mean, Jonathan Larson passing away before the, the the show started, and then before your last performance of Wicked, you weren't even able yeah, to. Yeah, but no were, comparison. I mean, no, I broke absolutely a rib. Absolutely not. But those fine. are no. But you were taken out in an ambulance. Yeah. And the show, like, I mean, it was kind <laughs> yeah. of a huge deal. It it was but, for a minute. I mean, it the is the crazy. audience didn't think they all just sat there and waited for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, to like, start. I thought they ends. were going to be outside the hospital waiting near the <laughs> emergency room. I thought I was going to come out high on my Percocet and morphine to just, you know, crowds of people saying, Adina, are you okay? No, they were all still at the theater yeah. watching uh, Shoshana B and get back, get into the That's green right. makeup and finish the show. God. God bless her. God bless for her. For doing that. And then the next day for, she was so generous. She, because the, the fall happened two minutes before the end of the show in the story. Mm-hmm. So she actually, they... <laughs> carted me over there as stoned as I was on this on these painkillers. They asked me to come so they could sort of send me off and do a curtain call and Joe yeah. Mantello wanted to say something and I could barely you couldn't fart or shave your <laughs> legs. I mean when you break your ribs. Yeah. Sorry. And Tay actually found because he's such a great stylish dresser, he it had to be. It's like, what am I gonna wear there? You know, it hurts so much to be even in a in a car, the bouncing yeah, on the yeah, street. Yeah. And he bought me this red Adidas tracksuit. It was easy because it zipped on. Yeah. It was soft, and um, so Shoshana left at that two minute point, and I came out. And the the weird thing is that. When I fell, I actually fell when the character is melting, melting and dying. Right. So, the stage, yeah. And then she comes back alive. Right. So it was the same, about the same time that this all happened. So she left, and then I came out with my white face, no green makeup, <laughs> and my very loud red Adidas sweatsuit. When they said, she's alive, you know, I came out. The audience and, must um, have lost It was their great. Minds. I don't Do remember, remember that much of it. You were high. <laughs> You're totally high. It was crazy. But um, and recently, you know, it was so cool for the album that my husband loves to brag about that just came out. Yeah. We had, for a record release party, we went to $3 Bill out in Brooklyn. Amazing. And all these drag queens did my songs back for me. I and the that. production level is amazing. And one of them did, what song did they do? Take Me or Leave Me? In the red track suit. Unbelievable. <laughs> 
Like that was a thing. It's like a really niche Halloween yeah. costume. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. Yeah. I should go as you. Yeah. No. It's just easy, you know. I want to find a red tracksuit. You need cat suit or who, something. Who are you going as? I'm Adina Menzel and her last performance of Red. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, Wicked. <laughs> and it's so comfortable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so comfortable. Yeah. Or you could do me. After I fell and I'm in the emergency room, which means I have my Act Two dress on still because no one, everyone's afraid to cut it off because it costs so much money. But it's like, you know, tattered. And then my green makeup is still on, but I've cried it off, and you can't really get it off unless you yeah. use the right, right. heat. And, shit. and I'm so I'm in the emergency room, so it's like a putridy <laughs> green, and the wig's off. So I'm in a wig cap. A wig cap. How pretty is that? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I know I was doing spelling bee right next door when that all happened. And so we, and we have the same, we had the same producers, David right. Stone David and Patrick Atula. Um, and so I was hearing a lot of the, the backstage antics about this and, and specifically the expensive dress that you had to get cut you out of. This? Yeah, yeah, well, I, I heard didn't get cut out. They had two huge. Um, oh, maybe you, they, you wanted to get cut out, but then. Yeah. And the doctor said, no, let's try to save this. And they had two big, strong guys in the hospital. I hadn't x-rayed yet. So they didn't know if I had hurt my back or my neck. So they turned me like a like a pig on a on a roast or yeah. whatever you call it. And <laughs> and the they didn't spit, want to mess yeah. with my spine. Yeah, on the yeah, spit. Yeah. yeah. And then Jomi, my dresser and best friend for yeah. many years, did her little thing unbuttoning all the right. things all the way down and then getting me out of it and and I was cursing and I was just like F this, these fuckers have made a million, millions of dollars. Cut me out of this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Now for a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, Adina tells me about her son's reaction to Wicked and how she feels about Adele Dazeem. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. You ever own something that inspired you to up your game? I remember the very first cookbook I ever bought. It was when I was living in New York City. I had a roommate at the time and we had a very tiny kitchen, but I decided I wanted to be a better home cook. So I bought this cookbook from like a secondhand store or something. And that cookbook led to a little bit of a hobby for me. I, I, enjoyed cooking from from home and and making meals for myself and my roommate when I had began a family uh, I began cooking for them and now I have two kids and I love cooking for them and I throw dinner parties and I'm actually now a author of my own cookbook <laughs> it's pretty crazy when we own exceptional things they inspire us to do exceptional things the all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of its available features include a dynamic sky panorama glass roof and front row massaging seats. Oh, that's very luxurious. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, 
And today's show co-anchors Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with more Dinners on Me. So, so you've been a part of these two things that had like have gone on to be iconic pieces and like, you know, schools are obviously doing rent now and like, you know, there's little girls who just, you know, they, they look up to the character that you created specifically for Wicked. I know so many little girls who, you know, and little boys, um, let's be honest, who really look to that character as like, you know, she was an outsider. Mm -hmm. She put up against a lot of um, hardship and she she had to overcome that. And like, uh -huh. you know, I, I just feel like there's so many wonderful themes that kids specifically really connect to. Are, there, are these things that you encounter, like yeah. you hear this from people a lot? Yeah, or? of course. Um, I think first and foremost, I needed to learn the lessons of the character for myself yeah. too. I think that people, there's a misconception if you have a really big voice that you have a big, mm -hmm. uh, that your inner voice is loud enough right. that you listen to yourself and trust your instincts. Mm -hmm. Or even in my life, I'm I'm a little bit more on right now because I'm with you and right. I know people listening, but in my day-to-day, -day, people often say like, I'm quiet. Yeah, I'd, so, that's true. <clears throat> I also think like you said in the beginning, um, when you had to dim your light for other mm -hmm. people because you didn't want to sort of take up too much space. Mm -hmm. I think that, and especially as women, that we're sort of trained to do that. And so that character and even the character with the blonde hair who's animated, we can't talk about, um, mm -hmm. they have like huge power. But if they really use it, they're afraid like they're really going to hurt people right, in their life. Right. Literally, physically can hurt mm -hmm. them. And so learning how to harness that and nurture that and own it is what's so beautiful about that. And mm. um, not making, not dimming their light for others and actually learning that the more authentic and pure they are and the more they embrace what makes them mm -hmm. special, the more good that they right. can bring to the world, you know? Has your son Walker encountered any of these characters, like, has he seen Wicked? Has he seen, you know, any, the, the animated films? As when I was really little, I'd show him on YouTube and he'd call me Green Mommy. <laughs> and then when he got to be about four, five, I took him to see Wicked. I was so excited. And he was so rambunctious. <laughs> and he kept, he was too young. And he kept, like, he was into the monkeys. Uh-huh. They didn't scare him that much. And then... Maybe like five more minutes, and all of a sudden he's kicking the guy in front of him. He's laughing. He's doing all this. And I'm there seeing the show. I had to leave. I was so embarrassed. And you know that the girls knew I was probably there right, seeing right, the show. Right. And I would know how that would feel if I was them. So I wrote this whole, because I remember Rent, um, I think it was Prince and Woody Allen left Rent after intermission. And we were all like, oh, how could they do that? It's so obnoxious, but also, oh, uh, did they hate it, you know? Right. So I wrote a whole, I got a big 
piece of stationery from the company manager and I wrote, I, I will be back. You guys had amazing act one. It was beautiful. And I wrote, and then I said, but my son was like ruining it and annoying everybody. And uh, so I did that. Then, then recently I took his basketball team two years ago, which is so funny because I took them and it's actually none of them even knew. Walker knows, but none yeah. of them knew that they're going to, they knew they were going to see Wick if they didn't know the Walker's mother was the original. <laughs> and you would think it wouldn't matter, but I literally, in the taxi up there, <laughs> I took out my, my phone and I said, I'm not sure if you know, boys, <laughs> oh, no. but this was, I was the original. And I caught myself, I felt so stupid. It's like, why am I bragging about you this? You did there to brag for you. Exactly. <laughs> But Walker said he felt such a sense of pride, oh, you know, he was oh, emotional. Yeah, yeah, he sat next to me for that. So that was great. And, you know, he plays at both sides. Mm. I'm embarrassing. I sing in the house when his friends are sure. over. Um, and then when it really matters, he's he's very proud. And Is that what yeah. you asked me? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to talk really, as we're talking about kids, um, I, ha I have both your your kids' books. They go with your sister, oh, and we read them to Beckett. And uh, it's Loud Mouse and Proud Mouse yes. that you wrote with your sister, Kara. Uh-huh. Uh, who has a different spelling of her last name? It's my real spelling. I figured, yeah, yeah. yeah. She just I changed my spelling concept. and never thinking I was going to write a book with my sister. And, and I actually said to her, can you just change your spelling for the <laughs> book? And she said, no. And the whole... The whole theme of the book is about finding your own yeah. voice, and I'm saying to her, yeah, yeah. just change, change your spelling. For me. Yeah. It's very loud mouse, isn't <laughs> yes, it? Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now people think it's a typo. <laughs> I didn't think it was a typo. I changed it, which is all, you know, um, antithetical to what I've been saying here. But um, because I, I had self hatred about like the Jewish way it sounded you took like mental. Yeah, M E N T Z E L, and it yeah. sounds like Adina Mensel, like mental. Or, pencil or something Interesting. and then miss mazel <laughs> yeah yeah so i changed it thinking back then that i could play latin or french sure. it was menzel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now i'm not allowed to play any of those <laughs> anyways <laughs> doesn't matter well, and animated, people still screw up yeah, my name yeah, right yeah, so on a major well, level so for sure yes. yes which we haven't even talked about that yeah. which you also have talked a lot about yeah um i know i just listened to uh your po a podcast that you did where you talked about that and uh there was a, a wrinkle to john travolta screwing up your name at the Oscars as he announced you as Adele Dazeem. I just remember him touching your face in a really he did. awkward you way. You saying it, I'm not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, having a, a, a I was joke trying to look out the audience. He kept holding it like face. in profile. Yeah. I had a moment with John Travolta as well where. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? So glad so to talk I was, about someone else's was John Travolta. In, I was, it didn't really happen directly to me, but I was in a Taylor Swift video, You Need to Calm Down, and we went to the MTV Video, video Awards, VH1 Video Awards, uh -huh. which I don't know, whatever the video awards are. And a lot of the people who appeared in the video were there as Taylor's guests. And um, she had a lot of drag queens in, in the video as well. And there's a drag queen named Jade Jolie who her shtick is she dresses, like she looks just like Taylor Swift. Okay. So she came basically looking, wearing the drag that she would wear any day. Uh -huh. Just happened to look exactly like Taylor Swift. So she's up on stage. We, we, Taylor wins the award. We all go up with her. And John Travolta was so proud of himself because he got all the names. You could see, because like, it was like kind of right right after uh -huh. the Adele Dazeem thing. And you could see he was so proud of himself. And then 
he hands the award not to Taylor Swift, but to this drag queen. <laughs> he oh mistakenly he mistakes her That's for Taylor. I think that is fair, but it was just so funny because it was like he had gotten to the end. He's like, "Yes, I did it," and then he didn't nail it. Like it was just kind of like, "Oh!" And then of course, like all the blocks the next day was like John Travolta mistakes Jay Jolie for Taylor Swift. I mean, in his defense, she does look exactly I'm like sure her. She was I mean, so happy about so it. So happy. Right? And, and she made light of the situation. Everyone was fine. No one, like, but it was just funny that I was like, oh. But yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. I don't know. Good things for me. All yes. you guys called me, texted me, the whole theater community. Right, right. It's like, we love you, Adina. <laughs> what the fuck was that? You know? I mean,. It was a it was a moment for sure that will be replayed and replayed. You'll you'll be hearing that for the rest of your life. It's okay. I kind of love it. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, for sure. Oh well, let, I mean, really quickly, just uh, drama queen, which is fantastic. I was listening to it on the car ride over. Um, I love that you you made it in sort of celebration of the LGBTQ community, which is you feel like has been a real supporter of yours, um, which we have been. I, I love that it's a disco album. I think it's great. It's Thank really you. good. It's really really good. Well. I've always wanted to do this kind of music. I feel definitely painted in a corner or put in a box as a theater person, uh-huh. as I think a lot of our friends do that are yeah. very versatile. And once you're, especially before Hamilton days, once you're known for being in the theater, people have a hard time yeah. letting you cross over, you know? So I've always still tried to push the envelope. And then, and I just want to do music. I didn't want to think about it. I just want to do stuff that, I didn't care what people said, right? This is the kind of album you should do. Right. And then also what what's sort of cemented it for me was <clears throat> every time I'm in London, I go around one in the morning, I go to GAY, yes. Heaven. I love that place. Yeah. Actually, one year we were there and Josh um, Gad and Jonathan Groff. I remember Groff, seeing a video of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, they were there with me. So I, I usually surprise, I tell the promoter mm-hmm. of the club, then go, I prepare a couple songs, get up there. The place is just packed, like up against the stage, you know? Yeah. And we're dancing and we're singing. We're all crying. We're just, it's like I put on a great show, but also the crowd is amazing. And I can like put my hand out like a real rock star, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and shake people's hands and connect. So it's no, no disrespect to our theater crowds, but yeah. they're much more polite and yeah. they're further away yeah. and yeah. the worst thing they do is they open candy wrappers yeah, and yeah. you know text in the middle of the show which is very bad <laughs> very bad to do it just feels so good to do a concert like that where yeah. everybody's screaming and you know so i knew when i came home do music where you can go back and yeah. just hang out and yeah, yeah, you yeah. know and then i got to do all the pride events this summer it's just incredible and just a really good opportunity to kind of get out there and also say thanks. Because you say you supported me. But the truth is, like, I feel that I've learned so much from my friends in this community about how to just be a better person, how to take risks, how to be courageous, how to try to be authentic, you know. And um, so it was just really all came together this summer in yeah. a really beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your career's really been a, a very full circle moment from, you know, doing spirit line cruises to, you know, headlining pride shows. It's, yeah. it's really, it's really remarkable. And to basketball mom now. To basketball mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Truly. I'm proud of you. I love you. Thank I you for you having too. me Thanks on. Thanks for coming. 
Next time on Dinners on Me, pop phenomenon also known as Ginger Spice, Jerry Hollowell Horner. We'll get into what it was like to be one of the most famous pop stars in the world, her new life as an author, and so much more. And if you don't want to wait until next week to listen, you can download that episode right now by subscribing to Dinners on Me Plus. As a subscriber, you not only get access to new episodes one week early, you'll also be able to listen to them completely ad-free. Just click Try Free at the top of the Dinners on Me show page on Apple Podcasts to start your free trial today. Dinners on Me is a production of Neon Hum Media, Sony Music Entertainment, and A Kid Named Beckett Productions. It's hosted by yours truly. It's executive produced by me and Jonathan Hirsch. Our showrunner is Joanna Clay. Chloe Chobel is our associate producer. Sam Baer engineered this episode. Hans Dale She composed our theme music. Our head of production is Sammy Allison. Special thanks to Alexis Martinez and Justin Makita. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Join me next week. <laughs> <laughs>